The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. 
CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Hi, folks. We're here for another episode of Film Study. Today, joined by Vos Laricos from uh, Laricos, Laricos from Laricos. Yeah, Laricos. Sorry about that, Vos. Uh, we've had you on a number of times. I should know by now. Really appreciate you joining us again. And we're going to talk today about the free agent market for defensive interior linemen. A, a kind of a rich source of talent in this uh, uh, this year's crop, and certainly one where the Ravens need some help. So, Vos, thanks. Great to be here, Ken. Always, always nice to join you. All right. Well, let's get right to it here. And, and uh, you know, there's a number of names uh, maybe that might be out of the Ravens price range, which I'd probably like to talk about first or, or last, if you like. And you can start with one of your players and we'll kind of go through. But I'll let you choose the format, Voss, since you've done a lot of the research here. Uh, sure. So uh, I guess there's two or three headliners of the interior class. Chris Jones is the big name. Kansas City uh, elite, elite in all aspects. He's right up there with Aaron Donald. I don't think the Ravens are going to be able to secure him. It looks like he's going to be franchise tagged by the Chiefs. Even if he's not, he's probably going to cost in excess of $20 million per season. Um, Eric Armstead of the 49ers is another big name. He posted 10 sacks last season. Probably would be a five-tech in the Ravens scheme. He's also going to be probably somewhere in the 16, 17, 18 million per season. Um, and the other big name is Javon Hargrave from the Steelers. Very good player. Uh, he's a nose guard, can stop the run, a whole lot of pressure, is really disruptive. I thought at uh, 12 to 15 million, he's probably out of the Bravens' price range, but that equation changes a little bit potentially with the news of Marshall Yanda's pending retirement. Right. Obviously, this is, we're recording this the morning Marshall has announced through the Ravens his retirement, and uh, or the Ravens have announced Marshall's retirement. Marshall may have told the Ravens months ago. Who knows? But, uh, but they're announcing it this morning, and uh, uh, a sad day, an amazing career for Marshall, and ability to walk away from the game at the absolute top uh, of positional play. Excellent player, top five Raven all time. What a tough, rugged player, consistent, what a, quite a leader. I think we all saw the writing on the wall, and uh, we thank him for his service. Yeah, just, just uh, a, I, I cannot think of another time in Ravens history, even with the great ones, where they were hanging it up and we didn't say, yeah, it's about time. And not, not, not in that sense, but the time is right. Maybe is a better way to put it, but they let Ed Reed go at the, I think what was the right time. He was, he was effectively uh, done with it. They, you know, Ray Lewis walked from away from the game after he won the Super Bowl, And there was never a question of him coming back. And from a talent perspective, it was the right time again. And uh, you know, the Ravens obviously moved on uh, from Joe Flacco, I think at the, at the right time. And obviously it's worked out very well in terms of, of who they had. Uh, Jonathan Ogden was hurt at the end. So a lot of players, it's, it's, it's made very clear from their own play level that, that, that the time is right to move on. But with Marshall Yonda, 
he's a very unusual cat in that the team, the players, the fans are begging him to come back for another year at the top of his game. And he's, he's able to walk away from it. So outstanding career. I had the privilege of scoring every single block of his hall of fame career and, and uh, couldn't have appreciated it more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great player, humble guy off the field. Uh, Really just an all time Raven. Uh, I don't know what else more there is to say, but the best, uh, second best offensive lineman, and, and right up there, and, and hopefully he'll be putting on a gold jacket in five years. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very hopeful of that too. But let's get back to the defensive line because that's here we're here to talk about today. So you mentioned some names. I'm, I I am still a little bit hopeful that they'll, they'll go for Chris Jones. But let's talk about your number one name on the list and and uh, who you would like to see the Ravens go after. Okay, so DJ Reader from the Texans. Not quite 26 years old, really an ascending talent. He's powerful. He's athletic. He's versatile. He can play several positions on the line, although he does have that 6'3", 235 size, so he can certainly stuff the run. Um, According to Pro Football Focus, he posted 36 total pressures and 35 defensive stops last season, and this is while performing as arguably the Texans' best defender while J.J. Watt was injured. He did not have a whole lot of talent surrounding him to help prop up those numbers. Um, I think he would be a fantastic addition to the Ravens, which they really do need some help on the defensive interior, uh, especially bolstering the pass rush. I think he's going to cost somewhere in maybe the 10 to eight, at most $12 million per season, and he'd probably be worth maybe a three- or four-year deal. It is a longer commitment, certainly, with a player like Reader. Um, you know, the Ravens have options in-house to keep their pass rush at, uh, you know, to keep their, their pass rushers intact that might be shorter. Judon, in particular, would only really require a one-year commitment. And the reason I, I bring this up is because, of course, next year, potentially at this time, they'll be talking about the, a big contract for Lamar Jackson, and that will, you know, block out the sun on the Ravens cap all of a sudden. Sure. Jackson, Stanley and Humphrey uh, probably all going to be in contention to be very high paid at this time next year. When you look at the pass rush, the Ravens were not very effective or efficient, I should say, because they blitzed so much. And I think they need to add to the interior in addition to edge, whether that's keeping Judon or going another direction. Uh, I have some numbers if I can share them quickly on the interior. Uh, Williams and Pierce combined for seven total pressures in 2019, according to Pro Football Reference. That's not great. Uh, And next-gen stats charted the pass rush win rate, which is defined by beating a block within two and a half seconds. The numbers were 5.9% for Pierce, 5.3% for Wormley, and 4.9% for Williams. So I think everyone's in agreement they're able to eat the bolster pass rush, but not only at the edge, certainly on the interior as well. Okay, yeah, I would agree with that. And even though the responsibilities of that position are a little different from the Ravens, I thought Williams had a really good year in terms of, of playing nose tackle in the race car front. And, get, and, and we saw the first real glimpse of him getting to rush the passer as he was intended to do originally. I thought he had some some 
more effective play than that in terms of pushing the pocket. But uh, but still, no no doubt about it. They do need help on the interior. The team has effectively had effectively four nose tackles at the end of the year last year with Justin Ellis and um, Pecco, Pierce, and Williams, all really being four of four of their five linemen being nose tackles at that point. Right, and, and certainly they uh, their primary function is stopping the run. But when you look at it schematically, with a lot of the quarterbacks nowadays, interior pressure can uh, can throw them off their game maybe a little bit easier than than pressure from the edge these days. Yep. All right. Well, we, we don't we don't have to get into all the Ravens' pass rush because we really want to stay on the defensive line for for this game. But DJ Reader, an outstanding player uh, in his time with the Texans, certainly was their best defender um, in 2019. And be an exciting free agent to get if they could get him. And and I agree with you. He kind of ticks off all the boxes with age being a real key one. I hate paying for the decline of a player. And DJ Reader at 25, uh, I guess he'll be 26 before the season starts or about when the season starts. Um, he's he checks all those boxes with regard to uh, you know being a player who maybe is still a year away from prime or in that in that range. Definitely. It depends if DaCosta wants to go with a younger player and, and make it a cornerstone or or go with a, maybe a, a shorter-term contract, which you have some options also. All right. So who's next on your list, among other? Another young ascending player is Leonard Williams, the uh, former sixth overall pick of the 2015 draft. He would be a little bit riskier, I think, than, than a reader. His play's been a little bit up and down. He averaged more than four sacks and 21 QB hits per season during his first four years with the Jets. His production dipped at the beginning of last season, and the Jets traded him uh, around midseason to the Giants, where he did start uh, getting after the quarterback better once he once he went to the Giants. He remains uh, one of the more talented, scheme-versatile D-linemen in the league, I think he's going to be in high demand with an expected salary of somewhere in the range of about $8 million a year. But he would be a very solid addition, I believe, to the Ravens' front. Okay, well, if he only costs $8 million a year, he's a slam dunk, in, in my opinion. I remember that, that 2015 draft, and Leonard Williams dropped incredibly into the Jets' laps at number six. I mean, just an outrageous, frankly, value pick at sixth in that draft. Uh, and he, uh, I, I want to look at who were the other players in that draft. Go back and, and just and see who are the top guys. Jameis Winston, of course, drafted number one. Marcus Mariota, number two. Dante Fowler, number three. Amari Cooper, four. Brandon Scherf, number five. It's hard for me to point to a guy out of that group, maybe Cooper, maybe Scherf, that their their team is really happy they picked him <laughs> ahead of ahead of Leonard Williams. Maybe maybe the. Tampa Bay is thinking, well, we needed a franchise quarterback and we're happy to have Jameis. But, you know, he's certainly been very up and down in his career so far. And the others, uh, you know, I, I just think that Leonard Williams has been probably the best player of that group. It's uh, it's it's interesting that the Jets traded him. Um, I was actually hoping maybe the Ravens would trade for him last year when they and then they decided with Peters, obviously, instead. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not exactly sure. It looks like the Giants are kind of pinned in. Uh, they, they traded, uh, I believe, a third-round pick or fourth-round pick, um, and now they want to re-sign him, but he wants a lot of money. And maybe you're right. Maybe he is more of a $10 million, $12 million player. Um, 
so we'll see what happens there, but certainly a name to keep in mind, I think. Yeah, very, very long-armed player, uses those arms well, and that's a lot of his, his success as a pass rusher. I mean, he's the kind of guy that would probably give uh, a Patrick McCarry a lot of difficulty on the inside with those arms and his, and his ability to use his length effectively. Sure, sure. All right. Uh, good choice. I mean, I, I, I'd love to, love to see him in purple as well. How about in a third? So I have two. The next two are in more of the the short-term mercenary type contracts. First one is Gerald McCoy, a former All-Pro, longtime Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He's now 32 years old. Last season, he produced five sacks, seven tackle for loss on a 63% snap share with the Panthers. And we remember DaCosta did pursue McCoy last offseason. Um, and I guess he ended up, he wanted to stay in the uh, NFC South for, for whatever reason. He's the prototypical penetrating three-tech, might be willing to pay, play for a contender at maybe a slight discount off of his $8 million salary last year. Yeah, McCoy, very consistent in terms of his ability to play a lot of snaps throughout his career. And and, and he's a guy uh, you know, who would certainly be somebody who'd help your pass rush. Uh, would have loved to have him last year. You know, every year there's additional risk in terms of, of your buying into the decline phases career. You know, this is not a guy who's going to be a prove-it-year player. He'll probably be a guy who would sign a, I don't know, a, maybe a three-year deal he would want this year after the season he just had. Uh, but anyway, he's, he's, uh, he's not going to be cheap. Yeah, at least I don't think so in terms of, of uh, the general market. The, the only thing that could maybe keep his value down a little bit is the incredible glut of high-value defensive linemen that are out there. Right. It's an embarrassment of riches this year. Defensive linemen has to be one of the deepest positions, maybe only rivaled by quarterback with this free agent crop. I was thinking McCoy could probably be had on a two-year deal. I'm not sure after taking a one-year deal last year, he's going to necessarily receive a three-year. Uh, maybe two years, $14 million with the first year guaranteed. Uh, I'm not, you know, we'll see how the market shakes out. I'm not sure what kind of demand, because it wasn't a great year last year for him. He did regress slightly from the peak of his play a few years back. Yeah, and, and I would have expected that, certainly. I think he really outplayed the expected decline that I would have had from him is how I would term it. You know, a guy who's still rushing the passer as effectively as he did at 32, that's a, that's a hell of a continuation. Maybe, you know, if you had to pick a player who's, who's a similar continuation of that level of ability, and Marshall Yanda is actually comes to mind as a guy who's just a hair below where he was at his very highest, but still, still playing very well at his position. Sure. Would would uh, would love to see McCoy actually as a Raven as well. So so that's a that's a good one. I mean I I I guess part of me didn't really expect him to go as cheap as he did last year, but uh, you know you have to wonder what DaCosta offered. You know if he signed for for eight million. Uh, some of the projections said nine million was his value for this year with uh, over the cap I believe or, or Spotrack said nine million they thought he would receive. Right. All right. Another good one. And, and boy, you know, these are guys who, even though there are some negatives in, in a player like McCoy being age, being the biggest, uh, boy, you got a lot of good players here. Let's keep Absolutely. going. Absolutely. 
Um, so Derek Wolf, former Bronco, pending free agent, now 30 years old, so he still should have some some tread on the tires. He's been very productive throughout his career as a listed as a defensive end in Denver's one gap 34. Uh, posted seven sacks in 12 games last year. His season was cut short due to a dislocated elbow. Uh, he's probably going to receive a three-year deal, I would imagine, somewhere in the seven to nine million dollar range. And he does seem to fit the Ravens mold as kind of a rugged, tough, just type of player. You know, if they if they pick up Derek Wolf, to my mind, they're kind of they'd be baby sliding him as a five deck. I don't think he'd play as a three or a one, obviously, in Baltimore. But I, I almost think they'd be replacing Wormley to do it. And that's kind of why I don't expect them to do it. We'll see what happens in the draft. But he's I, I, I would kind of suspect, and I understand you're you're projecting him as kind of a kind of a little bit more of a bargain bin player, a little bit more you're buying into the downside and whatnot. I think there's some reasons why he probably doesn't fit the Ravens exactly in terms of what he does. Although I do, you know, he's been a good player and he's been a good, fairly consistent player for a long period of time. I just think, you know, he, he's not exactly what the Ravens are trying to replace in losing Michael Pierce. A fair point. Fair point for sure. The question is, how much do they really use a five tech anymore? Because they're just right. not base very often. Well, I can I can answer that question for you. Uh, as it as it turns out, but they do use a five tech fairly often because they play a lot of three three five nickel. So they go okay. back, even though they're not playing base, they play a lot of the three three five nickel. And I don't have the exact number of snaps here, but I can tell you for Wormley last year played. Let's see, I'm looking at the full season here. Forty seven percent of the snaps, and he okay. played a lot in his own kind of old five tech role. And you know, Pierce played. 50% of the snaps and Williams played 55. So it's not like there isn't any opportunity for him there. And I think he'd be, he'd be valuable in that role. I just think he, he overlaps significantly with what Wormley does. Very true. All right. All right. Who else you got on your list? Okay. And, uh, it was really tough to pare this list down because there's so many names and established players out there. Uh, I selected a, a potential bargain signing for the last player to highlight here, and that is none other than former Raven Timmy Jernigan. Um, Ozzie Newsom traded him away in 2017 after he produced some of the best pass rushing stats from an interior lineman during the entire Harbaugh era. He had 13 sacks over three seasons with the Ravens. Um, traded to the Eagles and injuries really derailed his time with Philadelphia. Missed 13 games in 2018, six games last year with foot and back issues. I believe DaCosta may be able to reunite with Jernigan on a one year close to vet minimum, maybe two million, three million, something similar to McPhee's deal from last offseason. Okay, now that would be that would be in, in my mind a great risk to take. And one of the reasons I love Tim Jernigan is that he was an outstanding under rusher as a um, uh, in twists. So he, he would love to come underneath. And oftentimes the advantage is gained by the underneath pass rusher in the twist. He jams himself. He crosses the face of one player, often a guard, sometimes a center, and, and jams himself in between two linemen. 
while another player disrupts that by looping around him. And that often puts him in a very advantaged position once that other loop continues. And I, I really love that. And the Ravens, of course, like to run so many games up front, whether it's stunts, blitzes, having players drop into coverage, doing all of the deceptive components. I think he would really fit that. And regardless of what the Ravens do, I really believe that the Ravens are still going to have to maintain a lot of that uh, deception in their pass rush to maintain pressure. I don't think they're going to go out there and get two guys, and that includes returning Judon, who can win a lot of one-on-one pass rush uh, opportunities. I think it, I think it's still going to have to be a lot of this deception of coming at you from all angles and really relying on that very, very stout secondary to hold up in coverage as your games get home. Exactly. I completely agree with just having this exact discussion with, uh, on our Baltimore beatdown uh, message boards. And uh, you'd have to retool the entire, not the entire defense, but you'd have to maybe add two more pass rushers because to sit there and you're going to say you're going to win one-on-one and go to a more vanilla pressure package, you, you need three. You really need three pass rushers. So deception I definitely think is going to maintain and become a big part of the game plan, remain a big part of the game plan going forward. Yeah, they, they did so well with it. They spent a lot of money on the back end. It just does make sure it, – it, they did a great job with Martindale last year, frankly, of le- levering up, leveraging what talent they had to its greatest impact. And that's secondary. Boy, you, you, it's very difficult. It's like pitching and defense, trying to, trying to uh, separate the contributions of the pass rush from the coverage ability of the secondary. Very similar in terms of, of, of how I think of sports. And – it's it just it was an outrageously good year from the secondary that that also created all sorts of pass rush flexibility for this this team, uh, you know from safety. I mean it was a it was the most pass rushes ever from Earl Thomas. In fact, it, it almost matched his entire career at Seattle. Uh, you know they they certainly rushed Clark plenty. Uh, they didn't even have to play two inside linebackers a, a lot of the time. Uh, they got, you know, they got pass rush from from the slot. They got it from LJ Fort when he was on the field. They had two Sam linebackers dropping to coverage. I mean, they just had so many different ways they could approach rushing the passer that that uh, I thought it was a masterful job by Martindale to get the pressure he did. Absolutely, and they should build upon that. They, uh, at least in my view, they shouldn't now reconstruct and try to go to to what they had before because what they did last year was very effective. All right. Outstanding. So I, 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 I like him as a bargain. I hope you're right about the price that he could be had at that. I mean, it makes all kinds of sense in terms of all the other activities that are going on at the uh, kind of the inner planets <laughs> of the Ravens salary cap situation to have a satellite like Jernigan, who's, uh, you know, a little bit more of a bargain uh, come to this team for, for a one year prove it deal. And also, you know, he's a guy, he's 27. I mean, he could easily rejuvenate his career, be gone for a big contract after a good year this year, and the Ravens could could like the deal across the board in terms of, of you know, you get a player who's on his contract year, you get probably a higher level of performance then, and maybe he signs a contract, gives you a comp pick next year. Definitely. I think the back issue is what may force him to take a prove it deal because back issues with interior linemen on either side of the ball are always concerning but yeah they could uh, he could come to baltimore rebuild his value in this scheme and uh it'd be win-win for everybody all right so 
Let's see. One of the names is that is that your entire list there? Well, as far as the ones I dug a little bit deeper into, yes. Okay. So I, I've got a couple of names on on this that that come to mind. One of them been talked about extensively is Calais Campbell. What's his current situation? He didn't get signed, did he? He is under contract currently with Jacksonville. They seem to be in a rebuilding mode, but there's been whispers that they want to try to keep Campbell. He has a fifteen million dollar base salary in 2019 excellent player and if he is released he would skyrocket to the top of the list in my mind um an excellent excellent player uh, i find it hard to believe that they're going to keep him now they may be trying to trade him but he's also 34 years old so if you're a retooling jacksonville team and you know he'll be 34 when the season starts on on september 1st uh would you would you keep a player like that Pay fifteen million a salary. I mean, I know you. The first thing you try is you try to trade him for some sort of salvage value. So maybe there's a team out there who wants to, you know, pay the remainder of his salary. And I've got to see what that is in terms of base salary for this year. Have you seen it? It's fifteen. It's fifteen. Uh, then two and a half bonus, which would stay with Jacksonville. Okay. Well, that's actually a very, very good contract from Jacksonville's ability to get out of it mm-hmm. at relatively low cost. And so, uh, but honestly, the other side of that is he doesn't have as much trade value at age 34 with a $15 million base as they might like. So, you know, maybe he goes for a five, maybe he goes for a six in terms of what he's traded for. But I would still think if you're Jacksonville, you want to unload that salary and try and help yourself get the room to rebuild that the Ravens have just enjoyed um, in 2018 and then again in 2019. Jackson- Sorry, 2019, 2020. Jacksonville's in a tough spot because they have needs across their roster. Pass rusher might be their best spot with or without Campbell, actually, and they don't they have very little cap space. Um, he would be excellent. Again, very, very stout against the run. He can play all across the line. The sixth most efficient interior pass rusher last season, according to the next-gen win rates, Six and a half sacks, 25 quarterback hits. I think if the numbers work, Jacksonville could restructure before trading to increase the value as they did with uh, Eugene Monroe when they traded him to the Ravens. Uh, I think Campbell could really replicate Trevor Price's 2006 impact in Martindale's version of, uh, of really a similar version of Rex Ryan's organized chaos attacking scheme. Right. It, there are there are definitely a lot of similarities in terms of the amount of deception used. Uh, Campbell, another guy, you, you you really would like to get Campbell on an island, but he's also very effective as the underneath guy. Uh, and not to mention, you know, the ability even at his age to stun a little bit, uh, to be over the over guy on twists. I, I just there's so many ways he could be used. The the only problem is a, a multi year deal with Campbell has some scary cost to it at his age so i i I, you really it's almost like a central rule of gming is you don't want to be caught with the old maid on his last contract (laughs) and 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 you it's the last thing you want to do so i wouldn't want to like trade for him just to sign him i i could i could see giving up a five for one year for calais campbell he comes here he plays for 15 million because the ravens really are making a run this year but he kind of fits then with the Ravens, we need money a year from now 
to take care of Lamar Jackson and also to shift money just very clearly from defense to offense next year. Agreed. That would be the best case scenario. I think it's it's kind of a patch it together, get get past twenty twenty while the window's wide before before Lamar's paid in the, in the defensive line. I would lean towards some of the shorter term options. Another player who could be released is uh, is Linval Joseph from Minnesota. Um, he signed a contract, I believe, the year before, or the year after Brandon Williams. He's sort of similar player in that mold. Just a big, hawking, wide body who stops the run. He does have a little bit more pass rush ability than Williams, he's shown. So another potential cap casualty to monitor. Yeah, he's an interesting one. I mean, I I, I don't know the relative cost of Pierce and Joseph, for example. Uh, you know, it's it's a, Pierce is younger. Uh, Joseph, you know, has been very good. For a long time with Minnesota, does does, does he command a larger salary than Pierce does, or is uh, is Joseph every bit as expensive an option? Because part of me is saying I'd probably rather have Michael Pierce back than him. Okay, I think it, some of it's going to depend on what the players are looking for and if they want to make a run. And Joseph's made a lot of money in his career; mm-hmm. Pierce has not. So maybe Joseph will sign for less. Um, there's a lot of players, a lot of defensive linemen that could help. So maybe DaCosta can earmark a certain figure and offer to, you know, whoever takes it first. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. So uh, let's talk about Michael Pierce for a second in that light. Do you think part of the Ravens strategy has just been to say, basically, you know, Michael, we want you to take it to the market. We, we, we may have a disconnect on salary. We want you to really just examine. It's a Kamenazi Newsom strategy in the past, by the way. You know, what you can get on the open market. And, and we support you in that effort. And, you know, selfishly, we'll get a comp pick if you're signed by another team for a lot of money. And if you don't like the offer, we'd love to have you back and you know, find a way, but the highest we can do is, you know, 8.5 million a year for three years or whatever they, they might come up with for a number. Sure. And they've done that. I think that's what they're doing with Jimmy Smith as well. Um, Pierce, I, I'm not sure how much they would be willing to go on him. I don't think they want to have two players along with Williams that are primarily run stuffers making big money. Pierce regressed slightly. Uh, from his 2018 season last year. And I think he also perhaps rubbed Tarball the wrong way a little bit when he, he was out of shape showing up to camp. So I would say it's probably more likely he leaves. But if, if the numbers work, he could definitely be brought back, and that would not be a bad thing at all. Yeah, My, Michael Pierce being still only 27 right now, there's a lot of things I like about him in terms of the likelihood of recovering some of the value between his 2016 to 18 play and what happened in 2019. I would agree. It wasn't a great season. They leaned on him very heavily to do more than he had previously. He played a lot of pass rush snaps this past year. Uh, I believe he played the most snaps he has uh, in a season to date. So, you know, I, I understand why his production could have been off a little bit. And he's, he's that player who they, they nicknamed the juggernaut, who just seems to have an ability whenever he wants to, to push a defensive, push an offensive lineman two yards into the backfield. And when I say whatever he wants to do, it's, it's like one or two plays per game. He seems to be able to do that uh, in an important situation, in a, in a third or fourth and short situation to try and uh, really penetrate to make a big play. 
Definitely. And there's some other names out there that, that fill that role in that mold. Uh, Mike Daniels, longtime Packer, is a free agent. Damon Snacks Harrison was, Harrison was released by the Lions. He's was an excellent run stuffer for years. Danny Shelton of the Patriots, uh, a former high-round draft pick, still has a little bit younger, more of a run stuffer than a pass rusher. Marcel Darius was another uh, very stout wide body. Um, there's there's so many defensive linemen available, and there's even some other ones that that bring pass rush as well as run stuffing uh, to the table. Um, uh, I think the Ravens are in a good spot because they need defensive linemen, and it's a great class. Yeah, that's that is has an unbelievable list of names, and you can just see how that available group would really devalue Pierce slightly. He's uh he's hitting free agency probably at the non-optimal time for him. Uh, you know, it's a player like him. I wonder if there's a one-year deal he'd rather have. I mean, it's it's not a prove-it deal in the same sense, although maybe he still has to prove that he recovers something from what happened last year. But it may just be a deferral of free agency year, if you want to think of it that way, with so many big names out there this year. Uh, boy, would it be better to be a 2021 free agent? Yeah, it makes sense. Bide your time till the market's right, especially with the new collective bargaining agreement, potentially setting raises. That's the, even Namakan Sue, Michael Brockers, who's a five tech, Jerron Reed, who had a big season in Seattle, brushing the passer in 2018. Ashawn Robinson is a potential reclamation project who was considered a, a talented defensive lineman. I mean, there's I don't know, 15 defensive linemen all, all hitting the market at the same time. So that would make a lot of sense for Pierce. Yeah. Uh, that's I, I did not I realize even Sue was available again. Of course, Sue had just a monster deal uh, that he signed originally with the Dolphins after his time with the Lions. Uh, boy, that is an incredible class of defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, you, you, I, you, good, good job picking first on this. You got the, you got the cream <laughs> of the groups to talk about there. Boss. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I always seem to get my favorite shows. Cornerbacks, my favorite position. We did the cornerback review. We broke down the, uh, the we projected the fifty-three before the season starts, which is one of my favorite activities. So I appreciate the, uh, the inclusion on, on the on the defensive line group as well, Ken. We'll, we'll get you back for more. It's always a pleasure, Voss, I, I tell you. So are there, uh, let's see, who have we, is there anybody we haven't talked about yet? So we did talk a little bit about Chris Jones and in terms of he's really an emergent in terms of this, even in this market, in terms of what one might have to pay. And that really brings up the question with so many other talented opportun- uh, alternatives. Does the amount you'd have to pay Chris Jones just not make sense? And maybe are they at a point where the Chiefs are will try and get away without tagging him. Now, I guess that doesn't really make any sense. The tag is going to be fairly low for a defensive lineman, isn't it? Talk myself right. out of it. <laughs> right. The, the tag would be low. I don't think he's getting out of KC. I think he's their best defender, and they're trying to uh, defend their crown. So I, I, I wouldn't expect him. But that's an interesting point, essentially – 80 20 or at least taking an 80 20 view yeah. maybe not 20 maybe 80 50 or something but um yeah there's maybe hargrave maybe hargrave mm-hmm. or reader which are kind of right up there a notch below tier two types maybe they are a little bit more um cost effective than expected well i, I would 
you know, Javon Hargrave, while an outstanding player who has thoroughly frustrated the Ravens interior for years. I mean, I think when I think about him, I think about that 2016 game on Christmas where he was basically all the Steelers had on that defensive line. And he really he did a lot in that individual game to get pressure against Jeremy Zuda. uh, That was very frustrating uh, in in terms of derailing the Ravens playoff bid in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm. I just wonder, is he at a high enough level that you really pay him an emergent defensive line salary? He is probably young enough at 27 that you take the risk. He's not, you know, meaning not not 28, not 29, such that you're buying in uh, definitely or likely into the decline phase of a career. Uh, that, those are the ages where I really start to worry about it. 30, I'm even more worried about it. Um, but I, I, I do wonder, in this crowd, is Javon Hargrave's salary going to be a little bit depressed um we'll see he's he's a very popular name linked to the ravens many of my colleagues at baltimore beat them prefer hargrave when i compare hargrave to reader they are somewhat similar players hargrave was slightly more productive he's also slightly older he's also supposed to cost uh, a fraction maybe 10 percent more than reader 15 percent. but when you look at their surrounding talent Reader was basically doing it all by yes. himself. Hargrave had to it and Har and uh, Hayward. He had Watt through it and Dupree yeah. coming off the edge. He had Bush at linebacker. Their secondary improved, so I think he was he benefited from the surrounding cast. Where Reader was a little bit more autonomous. Yeah, could could not agree more. That's a great point on that. And whether or not Harg, I'm sure Hargrave would fit into whatever scheme they'd like to do. Uh, he's not a guy you drop to coverage. Anyway, I'm, I'm not a fan of that anyway, and, and it's something that Martindale does less, a lot less than Ryan did. Ryan would drop anybody to coverage. It's more like what uh, Martindale will do is he'll drop either Sam, very rarely he'll drop an interior defensive lineman, and he'll rush even from the outside. They had that double outside corner blitz, which is something I'd never seen in my, my entire life as, as a fan. Never seen it before for the sack at L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm uh, I'm with you, though, that, that Hargrave had an awful lot of talent around him to, to help him lever what pass rush talent he has. Sure. So it depends if a lot of it depends. It's correlated to what's going to happen at edge rusher. Are you going to? I don't think they're going to pay two long-term deals, one on the defensive line and one on the edge this offseason. So the Costa has a choice to make. But I do think they're probably going to pay one, especially with now $38 million in cap space with Yanda after Yanda's retirement up at potentially – I believe 43 million in space if if cars option is declined. So they have some room to maneuver and and to upgrade what needs to be upgraded. Yeah, it's it's room to maneuver, but it's you know wealth is relative is a basic precept of economics here. And and the Ravens are still not in great cap space relative to the rest of the league. They move up substantially with those those additional dollars available no doubt about it but there's a lot of teams sitting out there with a big uh bubble a cap to spend and that's going to naturally have an inflationary impact on salaries i would think sure and that and that impacts a guy like jones if he hits the market indianapolis could come in and offer him 23 million a year and not blink an eye right right 
All right. Now, any other names that didn't come up here? We didn't really talk too much about Eric Armstead and how he would fit in the Ravens scheme. Uh, did you want to do that, or do you feel like we've covered that enough? Uh, I think he's more of a five-tech. Uh, Brockers from the Rams is another player that kind of fits that mold. A, a, a five-tech with some pass-rushing juice. Uh, most of the other players are more, you know, three-techs or, or, or one or, you know, right up, line up on the center. Um, I, I'm not sure if they want to spend that big money four or five. It, it depends, um, as you said, how that how that helps out with the stunts and, and the loops. So Armstead, I, I don't know if San Fran is going to be able to keep him, but he may be priced out. All right. All right. Fair enough. Well, Vas, thanks for joining us uh, for the show, and, and uh, we love having you back, love having you on whenever we can. Uh, tell us where they can find your work. Sure. I'm a writer-editor at Baltimore Beatdown, um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Vasilis Beatdown, V-A-S-I-L-I-S-B-E-A-T-D-O-W-N. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Voss, and uh, I would encourage other people out there, if you want to do a film study short this offseason, particularly if it's on material that involves a study you've done, we've had a lot of that in terms of, of people doing a draft study or whatever, love to have you on, particularly if it's if it's a new methodology that you've created yourself, talk through it, uh, you know, I'll ask some questions about it, you'll be effectively presenting it on air. And I, uh, I really I enjoy doing that when, when folks have something new to contribute in, uh, in terms of the analyst community. Uh, but thanks for joining us, Voss, and we'll see you folks next time on Film Study. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. When you rely on the Internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. And now, Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Check out our amazing offers on Internet and learn about the latest breakthrough from Xfinity. Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. That's more than enough speed to power all your devices and then some. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible X5 gateway. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.